Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole. Without further ado, let's join the broadcast just getting underway. Everyone sing out on heavenly sunshine. And as you sing, turn around and shake hands with many. My wonderful group here today. How many first-timers? I forgot to ask you. Well, look at that. About 90% of the audience today, first-timers. So glad you're here. Now, you ought to sing a little extra fine for that. And turn around now. Give everybody a good Long Beach welcome. All together. television so the audience could see the happy faces and the time of fellowship we're having here at Long Beach. Sing it again right into the microphone and lift it up now. Where the healing waters flow. 
with Israel's trusting children, I'm rejoicing on my way. I'm living where the healing waters flow. The cloudy, fiery pillar is my guiding light today. I'm living where the healing waters flow. Living on the shore, I'm living on the shore. I'm living where the healing waters flow. Hallelujah, yes, I'm living on the shore. I'm living on the shore. I'm living where the healing waters flow. I'm singing hallelujah, safely anchored is my soul. I'm living where the healing waters flow. I'm resting on His promises, the blood has made me whole. I'm living where the healing waters flow. Living on the shore, I'm living on the shore. I'm living where the healing waters flow. Hallelujah, yes, I'm living on the shore. I'm living on the shore. I'm living where the healing waters
This ministry of the old-fashioned revival hour is possible only because so many of you share with us this burden for the lost and because you are doing your part to maintain this radio ministry. Let us hear from you this week if you too would have a part in this fellowship of the gospel. Father knows the 
Mrs. Fuller with the letters. Go right ahead, honey. Greetings, friends. From Gibraltar, a man writes, Dear Mr. Fuller, A letter to you is long overdue, and I feel very ashamed that I have not written to tell you that we are regular listeners here on Saturday evenings and have only praise for the broadcast. The singing and accompaniment are delightful. The letters read are encouraging, and your own messages are forthright, clear, very sound doctrinally, and very human. I have been here seven years in the service of the British Admiralty, my wife and me, and we run a little mission hall in spare time with gospel services in both English and Spanish. Our hall is not so large as a municipal auditorium in Long Beach. In fact, if we got 40 people in it, which never happens, we should have to call it packed out. Thank you for all the broadcasts, and may the Lord bless that wonderful radio ministry. Dear Mr. Fuller, in the mountains of Pennsylvania, we have beautiful flowering shrubs called laurel. My husband and I went to the highest mountain near here last Sunday to see the laurel, and there we tuned in on the car radio and heard your first live broadcast. The music was simply beautiful, and our hearts were thrilled as we listened to the message coming in so clearly. We rejoiced to know that the wonderful old gospel was going out into so many homes and places. We sat there surrounded by God's beautiful handiwork and just drank it all in. From West Virginia, dear Mr. Fuller, last Sunday the flash floods were raging here, 24 feet of water on some streets and 17 feet of water in our house at one time. I can't describe the damage that was done. No church services that Sunday. Pianos and pipe organs underwater. It all came suddenly at midnight, in about seven minutes. We were upstairs all day Sunday and could look out over the water from hill to hill. But we got your program good and clear, and my, how we did enjoy it. We used to live on higher ground where the flood would not have struck us so hard. But now we are living on higher ground spiritually than we were then. This last letter is from a mother in Pennsylvania who writes of a tragedy in her home, but she gives a ringing testimony of God's sustaining grace. She writes, Dear Reverend Fuller, on May the 7th I had to face with my family a very great tragedy, a neighbor boy of 20 years and very unsound mind came to our neighbor's home, which is very close to our farm home, and shot our neighbor, a man of 67 years. My son, in his 25th year, went to the aid of the older man, and this same youth shot my son in the face and killed him. My son was a veteran of World War II, was a prisoner of war four months in Germany. I have been a widow for five and a half years. This has all been terribly hard, but I must give my testimony to God's great love and help and comforting power. It was God who has sustained me through all this sorrow, and I thank him, too, for your broadcast, which carries comfort. That is all I shall have time for today, friends. Yeah.
Number 133, How Firm a Foundation. Ye saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in his excellent word. Everyone taking part. Every Christian, please unite your heart with mine in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that Thou, the God that dost search the hearts, dost know the need of every one who is listening in today. O Father, Thou dost know the people that are lonely, discouraged, fearful. Thou dost also know about those whose hearts feel guilty through sin. And Father, we pray today that as Jesus Christ, the bread of life, is proclaimed, that these who are lonely might find thee, the true friend that sticks closer than a brother, 
We pray for those who need forgiveness, that they might find forgiveness in Jesus Christ and in his shed blood. And Father, we would also pray for our fighting men and pray that thou wouldst be with them, giving them strength and giving them courage and enabling them to win. And Father, we pray that peace might be maintained in this world for a little longer time so that Jesus Christ and his gospel might be proclaimed to the uttermost part of the earth before he comes. And this we ask in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Oh, tis sweet to walk with Jesus through a sunny land and fair. But his feet go through the shadows and I too must follow Revival Hour brought to you by the Gospel Broadcasting Association from the Municipal Auditorium at Long Beach, California. This is Charles E. Fuller speaking.
You are listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. The message today is titled, The Role of Russia in the Last Days. I'll provide our address and additional information after Dr. Fuller's message. Open your Bibles to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, as we rejoin the broadcast. issue of Intelligence Digest, a most trustworthy conservative monthly periodical dealing with present-day events and world trends, the following statement appears, and I quote, This moment is one of the most decisive moments in the world's history. End of quote. Thus, this message today on Russia, her decision, her determination, her destruction. Chapters 37, 38, and 39 of Ezekiel have much to say about Russia's role in world affairs in the days just prior to our Lord's return from heaven in power and in great glory. God's word has much to say about the end days of Gentile world supremacy. The Holy Bible sets forth that in the last days perilous times shall come that there would be wars and rumors of wars upon earth, distress of nations with perplexity, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking after those things which are coming on the earth, or then shall be great tribulations, such as not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Over against these dark pictures and this dark background, there's a wonderful heaven-given, heaven-sent light the sure word of prophecy, whereunto we do well that we take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a squalid, dark place, 
until the day dawn and the day star rise in our hearts. Today, using the prophetic lamp to lighten our path in these dark days, we turn to this God-given, God-sent light, the prophetic word, and turn it upon Russia to learn what God has written beforehand regarding Russia's part in world affairs in the days just prior to the Lord's second coming. I can speak with authority because God's word says so. There are two great keys which, when used together, unlock the treasure house of the prophetic riches. These two great keys, take these notes down if you wish, are first of all the Lord Jesus Christ and second the nation called Israel, that is the twelve tribes of Israel. The Bible has much to say regarding Christ's first and second coming. All prophecies relating to Christ's first coming, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, ascension, now seated at the right hand of the Father, have been fulfilled to the smallest detail. So, all prophecies relating to his second coming, yet to be fulfilled, will come to pass just as God's word says they will. Christ came the first time, he came unto his own, John 1, 11, but his own received him not. As I said a moment ago, he's now at the right hand of the Father, awaiting the hour of his second coming. And when he returns the second time, it is recorded, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him in all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. The second great key is the nation Israel. Centuries ago, God of his own free will and choice selected one people, a nation, placing this nation in Palestine to be a channel to bring blessing to this old world, to recover the human race from the effects of the fall, and to fill the earth with his glory. Israel sinned, became disobedient, and failed in that purpose up to the present time. Now the latter part of chapter 36 of Ezekiel, beginning at the 17th verse, God recites the sins of Israel. Let me read them to you. Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore I poured out my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the countries. According to their way and according to their doings, I judged them. And for over two thousand years, Israel has been wonders upon the face of the earth, no rest for the soul of their feet. But... I want you to notice another portion of the 36th of Ezekiel, beginning at the 24th verse. God recites His love, His mercy, His forgiveness, working on behalf of this disobedient, blinded nation as follows. Let me read. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. God says so. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, 
and you shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I'll give you a heart of flesh, and I'll put my spirit within you. It goes on and recites what will happen when Israel begins to return to the land. And this blinded nation, now going back in unbelief, will someday behold him whom they have pierced. For over 2,000 years, Israel has been out of the land. Wanderers, one of the miracles of the age is that this nation, people, or race shall not pass away until all shall be fulfilled. And now, as I am speaking before our eyes, we see Israel returning to Palestine. Israel being restored, her sons coming from out all nations. Truly, the budding of the fig tree has begun. The nation Israel is now recognized as a nation in the United Nations Council of the World. Wake up! The day of redemption is drawing nigh. Ezekiel 37, 38, 39, and 40. Listen carefully. In the 37th of Ezekiel, there's a twofold prophecy. First of all, we see in verses 1 to 14 the foretell the moral, national, and physical resurrection of Israel. But verses 15 to 28 of chapter 37 foretells the unity of the nation, the twelve tribes, and our happy settlement in Palestine in the millennial age. But before that millennial age, according to the 40th of Ezekiel, Russia comes down out of the north and does her deadly work by invading the land of Palestine according to the 38th and 39th of Ezekiel. Is that clear? Israel is now in the land. That's the key. And now watch and see what God has written 2,500 years ago that would come to pass in the end days when Israel is being restored to the land. I don't know when I've had a message grip my heart as this does that God is permitting you and me to see world-shaking events take place just before our eyes. Now give close attention, please. In connection with Israel's national restoration, God sets forth Russia's part or role, the part she, that is, Russia and her satellites, will play in these end-time days. You ought to know what God's Word has to say. Be not ignorant concerning these things and be able to say, I know, because God's Word says so. So I want you now to turn quickly to chapters 38 and 39 to learn about Russia, her decision, her determination, and her destruction. Bear in mind, please, first of all, in reference to Russia, her decision, that this prophecy relating to Russia was written 2,500 years ago. Was Russia then in existence? History tells us that the first mention of the North of forces invading the South was about 400 A.D. And yet God, in His marvelous, gracious knowledge, puts down in record what will take place and the nations that will be allied with her. One of the greatest proofs of the divinity and the inspiration of this blessed book called the Holy Bible. It's a small matter for God to write things ahead of time. First of all, in chapters 38 and 39, 
We find in addition to Ezekiel 37, which foretells Israel's national restoration, further statements relative to Israel's return to the land. Chapter 38, verse 8. After many days thou shalt be visited. In the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword and is gathered out from many people against the mountains of Israel. And when he says Israel, he means Israel. Again, in the 11th verse, it tells that Israel proudly come back on a non-military basis. Verse 11, Thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls, having neither bars nor gates. Verse 12 speaks of Israel's accumulation of wealth in the closing days. To take spoil, to take prey, to turn thy hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited upon a people that are gathered out of the nations, which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. All right. Then, in the 38th chapter, we find Russia and her satellites become a predominant theme in the two chapters. Beginning with verse 2, we find these words, Son of man, set thy face against Gog. The word Gog, a name in which, in all probability, corresponds to the general title Caesar or Pharaoh. There are many Caesars, many Pharaohs, and the word means to cover an overlord. Perhaps our present-day word dictator conveys the true meaning. Gog is the dictator. Magog is the land over which he is the overlord. Then a clear distinction is given. We see there the chief prince of Meshach, or present-day Moscow, and Tubal, or Toblesk, identifying it with other verses in this chapter, that this is the group out of the north that will come down towards Palestine in the days ahead. Now, verses 5 and 6 of the 38th of Ezekiel set forth her allies. Listen carefully. Persia, present Iran. Rich in oil, producing one-fourth of the world's oil supply. And Russia today needs oil. She produces about one billion barrels a year. The United States, for example, produces nine billion barrels a year. And Russia will not begin the march towards the south until, first of all, Persia is her ally. Moscow is eyeing Persia with all the friendly detachment of a bullfrog flirting with a fly, the article says. The scriptures foretell this alliance. Second, Ethiopia. Now you have to know your book. There were two Ethiopias in olden days. The Ethiopia of Africa and the Ethiopia of Asia. This refers to that one in Asia, in the region of the your river, Euphrates, and Tigris. Again, Libya includes all the north shore of Africa, west of Egypt, and the River Nile. Gomar, or Gomorland, the original name of Germany, already allied with Russia. Togomar, Armenia, and that country. And then we see Russia's decision in verses 10 and 11. Mark it down. Thus saith the Lord God, he knows the end from the beginning. It shall come to pass that at that same time shall things come into thy mind 
and thou shalt think an evil thought, and thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest, that dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. Her determination, quickly, verse 9, Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy band, and many people with thee. Verse 12, coming down to take spoil. Verse 15, and thou shalt come from thy place out of the north parts. Notice it. Thou and many people with thee, all of them riding upon horses. A great company, a mighty army. Verse 16, And thou shalt come up against my people Israel as a cloud to cover the land, and shall be in the latter days. And I will bring thee against my land that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee, O God. Wish I had time to go into that phrase. Now Russia, her coming destruction. How can I be so sure God's Word says so. And I drive it home to you. And here it is. Listen carefully, please. Verses 18 to 20 of chapter 38. It shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face, for in my jealousy and the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely in that day there shall be a great shaking. It goes on, describes what God is going to do. And in verse 22, he will use six agencies against Russia. Here they are. First of all, notice it. I will plead against him with pestilence, with blood, and I will rain upon him. His tanks won't do him any good in the miry land soaked with rain. Notice it. And upon his band, and upon the many people, an overflowing rain with great hailstones and fire and brimstone or sulfur. God is going to do it. And then you turn to chapter 39, verses 11, 12, and 13. Quickly, it shall come to pass in that day that I will give Gog a place there of graves in Israel. And twelfth verse, And seven months shall the house of Israel be burying of them, that they may cleanse the land. Yea, and all the people of the land shall bury them, and it shall be to them a renown the day that I shall be glorified. And I say to you that Russia, godless, hating God, with this museum in Moscow to try to prove there is no God. God says, I will put my hooks in your jaws. I will plead with you. I will destroy you. And that godless nation better wake up. And America, all that our statesmen would know what God's Word has to say regarding these things that they might have light as to what to do in these closing days. God's judgments are sure and certain, and any nation which forsakes, forgets God, will perish, and Russia will perish. And any individual listening to me now, in rebellion, alienated and cut off from the life that's in Christ Jesus, unless you repent 
and become reconciled to God through Jesus Christ on the grounds of the shed blood, you too will experience the wrath of God. It's a fearful thing, an awful thing, to fall into the hands of an angry God. These things are sure. Thank God we have the Word, which is a lamp under our feet and a light under our path. This is one of the most decisive moments in the world's history. And perhaps it's the most decisive moment in the lives of millions listening to me outside of Christ. Come now. I'll give you rest, Jesus said. Will you come? Let's bow our heads in prayer. No one stirring, please. friends in radio, in the radio audience outside of Christ, get on your knees and repent and confess your sins and say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner, from a believing heart, and God will receive you for him that cometh unto me, God says, I'll in a wise cast out. Just before we close this wonderful broadcast today, how many in this great visible audience today will put their hands up and say, pray for me. I want to accept Christ as my personal Savior and be remembered in a closing word of prayer. Where are you? God's not willing that any should. God bless you. 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 All hands going up all over the lower floor. God bless you down here. Another one. God bless you. God bless you. I, I can't keep track of all of you. Up in the balconies to my right. God bless you. God bless you up there. The Holy Spirit is moving, radio audience. Up in the balconies to my left. But God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Oh, continue in prayer. We'll have a real altar service. And I'll extend the invitation after we go off the air on the old-fashioned revival hour. Continue in prayer. All my sins.